Welcome to episode number 57, Alpha Mike, your host on Raider Cop Nation. Today's show, what are we talking about? The plastic gun. That's right. The plastic gun. Back in the mid-80s to late 80s, law enforcement was changed beyond any man's imagination. And it all had and it all stemmed from a plastic gun. That reputation never went away and affected the brand for several years after. Today, there's a whole bunch of manufacturers that want to copy the original plastic gun. We've got a whole bunch of information coming your way. And of course, we will have as a special guest on episode 57, Pistol Pete, the gunsmith, which will be with us. And he's going to talk about uh, what great updates you can do to your firearms, such as trigger, sights, some customary work here and there, and uh, make you a better shooter. Everything is to make you a better shooter. Of course, here on Raider Cop Nation, we are Second Amendment advocates. We believe in it, and we die by it. No, we don't believe that the forefathers of this country were mad, crazy psychos when they created the Second Amendment. They knew that there is an enemy out there somewhere lurking that wants to take you and my freedom away from us, our liberties... <laughs> And as a result of that, they have given us the right to bear arms and to have those arms with little to no regulation. This episode, we will also, of course, discuss some other things that are coming on Radio Cop Nation after uh, this program. And uh, we still have our closing segment on training in firearms, which is coming up too. Now, we've got a lot of upgrades as far as, uh, how do you get in contact with us? Let's, let's, let's go through the test here, make sure that all our students are up to date. If you want to get in contact with us, you simply just go to RaiderCopNation.com, RaiderCopNation.com, all one word, and we pop up. When you get to the website, you scroll down, and there's our social uh, icons in the social networking, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, all that other good stuff, Twitter, and, and so forth. Now, with our Twitter account, our handle has been changed to what it used to be. Today, it's real simple to remember. It's the at sign, right? That's our our handle, or call sign, Raider Cop Nation. There you go. It's that easy. It's that easy. Call sign, right, at Raider Cop Nation. And that's us on Twitter. And, of course, uh, Facebook has a similar Facebook and then slash Raider Cop Nation as well. Making it easier for you to connect with us. No excuse. We're also on a, a bunch of uh, outlets, as you know, we have been a part of iTunes and Stitcher, Google Play, 
uh, Spotify. We're happy uh, that we're on there as well. And we recently uh, jumped on TuneIn, okay? Now, with the ability to be on TuneIn, that they are, uh, are taking our podcast, uh, if you have the Alexis uh, apparatus, you can simply just say to your Alexis to play Radio Cop Nation and it should pop up. So again, we're an overcast, pod beam, you name it, and we're moving along. Something also that I'm very interested in, this is just an experimental run that we're doing here for the next uh, 90 days exactly. We have a new segment, a new podcast, and that is called Test Everything, which is the motto of Radio, Radio Cop Nation, Test Everything. And it's just five minutes long, and it's the power of the Word, of the Lord, straight from the Scriptures. I myself carry you through an uplifting journey that every Christian or every potential believer needs in their life. Five minutes, we will be playing those little five-minute podcast. That's it, just five minutes. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. For the next 90 days, then that pilot program will terminate. We'll assess it at that time with some analytics and determine if that will be a permanent thing. And if it is going to be a permanent thing, the five minutes will probably be increased in time period to maybe 15. Why are we separating what we had on this podcast in the conversation to those five-minute segments? Well, it's simple. We, We want you to get the most information you can here. Uh, we've never had the intention of keeping certain segments that are on Radar Cop Nation. We have always played them to see if they play well with the audience. I believe that the conversation is something that is very important, and I frankly will do under any circumstance. I believe that you can train up all you want in firearms and tactical training and be law enforcement up to date and have the latest information when it comes to law enforcement. But if you're not spiritually set up for that, you're set up for failure. And that's why Test Everything is those five-minute segments Monday, Wednesday, and Friday that will get your blood moving and keep you on the straight and narrow. That's the purpose of them. So if you go to our website, Radio Cop Nation, there you will see a new um, section of the page that is titled Test Everything. Go ahead and click on Test Everything. It will bring you to the page, which is just basically our overview and what we're trying to accomplish. And then uh, you can click on the Test Everything Buzzsprout uh, tab that's there, and it'll take you to the current 
episodes. They're only five minutes long. It is on iTunes as well. And I believe some other uh, carriers like Spotify. Not sure what that list looks like right now. But uh, again, this is in the obedience of the Great Commission that was declared by Jesus Christ for us as believers to go out and preach the Word of God. So catch that if you have some time. It's only five minutes. Test everything Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We are moving forward, as as you know, on guns, guns, guns. We are very pro-Second Amendment, and we will always be. We believe that Americans have a right to bear arms, but we also have a responsibility to bear arms. And that responsibility is great. The first part of that responsibility comes in the form of knowledge, because knowledge will set you free. Now, in my intro, I discussed with you the issue of the plastic gun. And during the mid-80s to late 80s, Glock was introduced to the law enforcement community in America. And it was a certain material called polymer, but we will get with that in a few. Let's talk about the beginning of Glock, Glock Nation, as it's called today. But it wasn't Glock Nation when it was first introduced in the 1980s. It was the laughing stock of law enforcement. People would basically say, you're not going to buy that plastic gun, are you? And there was just horrendous the amount of rhetoric that was out there about what was being called the plastic gun. But Glock isn't the first to introduce the block the plastic gun or polymer polymer. It was actually Remington, 1959. They came out with a Neon Neon 66 rifle. And the part of the lower half, uh, the lower extremity of the rifle was polymer. And it was to take weight off the rifle and so forth. It was introduced to the gun world, and it really didn't do too well. There's Some of them are still out there, by the way. And then in 19, oh, actually 12 years before Glock, 12 years before Glock, Heckler and Koch, or H&K, came out with a model called the VP. It was one of the first handguns to have uh, polymer and on, on the lower extremity of the semi-automatic, and it made the weapon a, a lot lighter. Again, still, it did not take the gun industry by storm by no means of the imagination. And then 1979 uh, to 1992, there was different 
models of the Glock 17, which was designed by Gaston Glock. He introduced it to the world. Now, the actual weapon of the first Glock, the Glock 17, was introduced to the Austrian, or created for the Austrian army. And there was a lot of modifications uh, to the weapon that were of military design. So when the weapon came to the U.S., it didn't really have a personality. First, it was a polymer gun or plastic gun. It was strange looking. It was made for the Austrian army, but really had no need for our army to have it. And of course, law enforcement just left. At the time, law enforcement's primary firearm that was being used was the good old revolver, and specifically the Smith and Western revolver. Some had Colt, but most of them were the Smith and Western revolvers. And we were transitioning to the semi-automatic. Administrators were very cautious on how they proceeded towards the semi-automatic realm. Now, polymer is the plastic, and it's kind of synthetic and natural in nature, creating polymerization. And we're not going to get into the scientific aspect, and we're going to sit here and bore you with that. But the reputation that Glock earned in those early years really crushed the brand for many, many years. Um, It was looked upon as a plastic gun, a toy. It wasn't in the league with the big boys and so forth. Now, we know that semi-automatic early on in this country were framed on the 1911, which is an outstanding pistol. But, of course, for law enforcement use, it would not be very prudent because uh, most of the 1911s had to be holstered and the trigger pulled back or in the cock position. So that would, would have been a catastrophe for law enforcement. But with the introduction of Glock and their bad start, I mean, it was just they fell on, on a broken leg immediately instead of stepping on the right leg. And it was a reputation that took them a while to get over it. One of the things that we know today, we look at the competition. And a lot of manufacturers have raced up to get to Glock, where Glock in the early 80s or mid-80s was the laughing stock of many. Today, they're the industry leader. And in my personal opinion, the best semi-automatic to date that has ever been made. It is the most reliable. Are there better semi-automatics out there? Of course they are. And they're a whole lot more expensive. But the Glock, for the price and the reliability, it all boils down to reliability. When that weapon gets comes out of that holster, it does what it was made to do. You see, if you have an $800 gun, your rounds are not going to go down range faster than my Glock's rounds. So for the price, it was ideal for law enforcement. Now, law enforcement moved in that 
step very slowly. They didn't jump into it. There was no such thing as give me 10,000 Glocks by Monday. It was introduced very slowly to small specific units and specialty units and law enforcement agencies for testability and so forth. Now, of course, it was the introduction or the embracing of the Glock brand happened during the Glock uh, second generation, actually, when it, it started to take off. But now we look at all these other manufacturers that are trying to catch up to Glock, Smith & Western, SIG, H&K, the list goes on. All of them, uh, Beretta, they all have polymer weapons out there. And as a result, what, as I said before, was the laughingstock in the 80s of the industry is the front runner now, and everybody's trying to catch up. Recently, the military, the United States military, put out a bid for semi-automatics, and they have very specific uh, ranges or specifications that they were looking for, and there was a stiff competition from a lot of manufacturers. I think every manufacturer was in that running. Beretta, FNN, Smith & Western, uh, you name it, uh, they were involved, and of course, SIG, won the initial contract. But Glock went out and went above and beyond now just recently, releasing the Glock 43, and the Glock 43 was specifically built for law enforcement in mind. Has a lot of the specifications of the 19X that was built for the military, so it will be a game changer now for law enforcement departments. Unfortunately, a lot of them will be very slow rolling towards buying and purchasing the Glock 45. And I believe that the same creepy crawly type of mentality will happen again with purchasing small amounts of Glock 45s and as they incorporate them in specialty units and start branching out, replacing uh, the Glock 17 in the future. But Glock is... It is traditional, it is stayed to its primary belief in the format of its weapons. They have changed very little, and when they have changed, they have changed for the betterment of the brand. I believe that Glock learned a very valuable lesson in Inception when they got that bad reputation as the plastic gun. Of course, today we know it as the most reliable semi-automatic in in history. And Glock has modified their weapons for the betterment. Very, very little change to the original specifications. So now we have everybody running up and catching up, and we're going to look at specifically on this small little segment here on the concealed carry. 1987, Florida, first state in the United States to pass legislation on carrying concealed weapons and how that's going to be done. As a result, the gun industry now is moving very quickly towards the concealment, the carry concealment industry. Now, prior to 1987, 
There was no real concealed weapon. They were big, bulky, heavy, made out of steel and metal. But there was one out there that was a little lighter than the other ones. But they had that funny little trigger that might go off. So as a result, a third party started creating a whole lot of holsters and a whole lot of embracing of the Glock brand. They were the front runners in the concealed weapons format. And that format came up to a lot of challenges. Recently, we can talk about one with Sigzauer and their creation of the P365. Now, this was a weapon that was created, in my personal opinion, way too fast and in a hurry. Why? It had all kinds of issues. Now, in today's society and social networking, it did not exist in 1987. We were still using encyclopedias back then. Uh, young millennials can go ahead and Google what an encyclopedia is. But to, in today's society, there are YouTubers, and there's a whole bunch of them that we love on Radio Cop Nation that do gun segments. And as a result, uh, we've always posted them on our show notes. And they were really, you know, sounding the alarm to SIG, and they were saying, hey, there's a problem here which. With your with your P365 and the striker, and you know the, the way it was uh, striking or indicating on the primer, and it, it fell on deaf ears. Sig was, uh, I believe they might have known it. I'm not sure. I, you know that's my personal opinion. But the brand went out, come hella high water because. The competition, my friends, is fierce out there. And SIG wanted to waste no time. SIG targets Glock specifically in their competition, and they specifically look at the Glock 43. Remember, each model of the Glock is a patent that Glock has gotten. And so, therefore, that is the 43. Very small in, in structure and weight is the perfect an ideal weapon to carry for concealed weapon. The Glock 43 holds six in the magazine, one in the chamber, giving me a total of seven, while the P365 from SIG is giving me 10 in the magazine, one in the chamber, for a total of 11. Now, SIG, obviously, in that one scenario I just gave you, they're winning the competition, but reliability, my friends, is everything. And SIG started coming up with some serious uh, issues on reliability on this first-gen P365. Let me just go through a list of things that they had to upgrade because customers were up in arms. They were sending SIGs back to the manufacturer faster than they were coming off the shelf. Some of the things that they had to upgrade are the following. They had to upgrade the trigger spring. They had a lot of issues with that. And people were saying during disassembly, you you had to press the trigger. You didn't have to press the trigger. There was other issues with the trigger. So, <clears throat> excuse me, six-hour 
comes up with a quick fix on that one. So far, so good. The firing pin. A bunch of issues with the firing pin. And uh, some of these YouTubers uh, were posting 300, 600, 900 rounds uh, downrange issues with the firing pin and rendering the weapon useless at one point. And this was carrying on like wildfire. Uh, Some people even posted a SIG P365 that dropped and automatically went off. People were jumping on the bandwagon, kicking uh, SIG Sauer in the shins, just like Glock was kicked in the shins in the mid-'80s. So they had to fix the firing pin. They had to fix the striker spring and and enlarge that. There was issues with that. Uh, They had to fix the striker frame. They had it like on the original Gen 1, we'll call it, P365, uh, on the striker frame, they were... They, and the new second edition, they they had a little cutout that they, they placed in there. And, of course, they also did some uh, treatment uh, of the polymer weapon for heat because there was reported that a lot of P365s were heating up. And uh, did they rush to get the product out? Well, I'm sure SIG says no. But I beg to differ. Why? Look at all the freaking issues that we have to deal with. You know, Glock didn't only have the reputation. It was a plastic gun. I think the hardest part of Glock's initial introduction to the world was that the magazine, because the Austrian army requested, you had a Yanko pull out of the magazine well. That's how they wanted it, instead of hitting the little magazine release button that you do today so that that was the big scandal in the mid 80s but today look at sig they just have a whole line that's a good weapon the p365 a lot of people and these gun youtubers are coming up with pretty good results on on what we're calling the second gen now the p365 and the upgrades that sig had to make to this brand If you really want to attack a specific segment of the brand, in this case, we're talking about concealed carry, you've got to be up on your P's and Q's. And manufacturing a gun, you got to really know. I'm sure that in Glock, I mean, excuse me, in SIG, there were uh, engineers and gunsmiths within the company that were screaming to the top of their lungs, we're not ready. But... uh, the suits on the top will just say basically had a deadline and some stock margins they had to reach, so that weapon went out. Glock, the plastic gun, is the leader today in law enforcement. Glock now has capitalized with the Glock 45, specifically branded and modeled for law enforcement consideration. Of course, civilians can pick that up as well. As we look at the small concealed weapons permit uh, segment that's out there, we are going to see a whole bunch of manufacturers bringing out polymer small little guns for concealment. 
All I can tell you in my suggestion to you as the listener is if you're going to pick a gun because it looks pretty or it looks the part, man, this weapon looks badass, you're in the wrong business. Reliability, my friends, reliability. When you hear these individuals taking a brand new weapon off the shelf and shooting three, six, nine hundred rounds down range, and we've got issues. Is that really what you want to carry? Now, I'm not kicking any other brand in the shins. I think they rushed and they did correct. They what what almost killed their brand just to catch up the Glock. Now, I'm all excited because we're gonna have Mike Sierra come on to the show. And then we got, of course, Pistol Pete, the gunsmith, the brand that we always, always support on Raider Cop Nation, the number one gunsmith in the nation, Pistol Pete, will be with us shortly. But now, the co-host of the Raider Cop Nation and the host of Leatherneck 7. And he's back, folks. Mike Sierra. What's up? What's up? It's good to be back. The topic of conversation on episode 57 is the plastic gun. We have brought our audience up to speed about the history of Glock and the polymer frames and so forth. And I spoke a little bit about the Glock 45, which is the new boy in town, I believe. It just came out in late September. And um, the Glock is holding on to that law enforcement community. They don't want to let that go. So we, we, we spoke a little bit about that as well. And uh, we're looking forward to Pistol Pete. Now, we'll, yeah, it's always, it's always a pleasure to hear all the Mr. Pistol Pete drop his knowledge, especially on the, the master of the craft that he is with, uh, with any weapon system. And uh, going back to what you said about the plastic guns, they're also calling it the ghost gun, right? Well, yeah, you know, Those guns. that that's a line in one of those uh, movies. I forgot what it's, which one it was, um, many years ago, back in the late eighties. Uh, oh, it's a ghost gun. I go through any X-ray and all that. Uh, but no, of course, uh, Glock has metal components. You know, the slides metal, steel, all that. So uh, that's that's not real. It's more of a myth than anything else. But the yeah, Glock, BS. the Glock has not changed their models very very little have they changed and any modifications they've done they've done with a specific project in mind like when they did the uh, 19x for the military and uh, there was military specs that i believe that the marine corps is using the 19x uh, the glock 19x and uh, there was issues with the you know they wanted a hole by the, the well of the magazine so they can yank out uh, the magazine if they had to and so forth. So Glock did those modifications for them. So they, they don't fool around with their guns very much. But they have uh, one thing I, that the other manufacturers really don't have, reliability. Exactly. They've been around for over 30 years in law enforcement, and it's very rare you hear that there's a problem. No, and that's why all the CSOs and in, in MARSOC, all the critical skill operators, you know, they give 
these warriors the option and they all stick with Glock no matter what. Even even with the big contract that the Army got with SIG and then the Marine Corps, obviously we're going to get all the Army's leftovers. So they're going to get the SIGs pretty soon. Um, even with that with that new fire, because, you know, I shot the Beretta when I was in active duty and it was garbage, you know. But it got the job done, I guess you can say it. But uh, they, if you ask any any jarhead, they, they stick with the Glock no matter what. Yeah, from the from the the implementation of the Beretta to today's polymer frames, it's a whole different world out there. Now, is there better guns than Glock? Maybe they most probably are, but you're going to have to spend. And uh, really, if if the primary reason that you have a weapon is for your personal defense, uh, I I said early in the intro. If I have a Glock and you've got cal- uh, manufacturer ABC, whatever it is, I don't want to offend anybody to start giving me hate mail, and your gun costs $900 and mine costs $399, I'm a Glock guy, does your bullet actually hit the target before mine? No, they both get down there at the same time. So it's about the reliability that when I pull out my weapon out of the holster, for it to do what it's supposed to do, it's going to do it. And and you look at SIG, we spoke about that in the introduction too, the P365 that has issues, uh, had issues with the striking, uh, the striking pin, uh, the firing pin. Um, they since have corrected it, time will tell us, but they started off on the wrong foot. They started off on the wrong foot. They had uh, several modifications in SIG. So you're spending a lot of money, but, you know, is it, are there better weapons out there than Glock? And the answer is yes. But that all depends why you want the weapon. Are you a competition shooter? Do you, do you shoot for sport? Or do you have it because you're going to defend your life or the life of your loved ones? Those are all three different categories. You know? Yeah, nowadays everybody just brand name, brand name. And, I, and whenever I have somebody ask me like, hey, what do, what do you recommend? I tell them, hey, man, this is my top three right here. You know, Glock, Smith & Wesson, and the Ruger's not too bad, but that's the at the bottom of the list because it's, it's just too pricey. And I just tell these guys, I said, go to the range, rent these guns, do whatever you got to do. But whatever works for you, because everybody's different, everybody's built different. So whatever works for you, stick with that. Now, I do want to say Smith & Weston has really upped their game with the M&P. Um, proud owner of the M&P. I love well, same here. That shield is an amazing weapon. Let I, me tell you, I, I barely feel it. I love what they're doing with that. With that. Smith & Weston has really listened to their customers. And uh, so they're, they're a little bit of a competition. There's a lot to go, a lot to get to, to, to reach the Glock level. In other words, what I mean by that, for every police officer to have an MMP in their holster, I don't, I don't think we're there yet, but I do believe that Smith & Weston is taking a bite out of that competition from Glock. So it does, it's, it's going to hurt. And let that. me tell you or not. And let me tell you or not. I know I was there when you purchased yours and you were there when I purchased mine. And let me tell you, these Smith & Wessons, let me, they're very, they're, with their prices, they're very reasonable. Yes, and, and that was the big sale of the Glock. The, the Glock was always very reasonable priced. And yeah, when it first came out, everybody was buying because it's a cheap gun. And like, oh, it's a cheap gun. Let me try it out. And then like, holy, it's actually 
it's actually a damn good freaking handgun. Yeah, the, the same sellout that was telling you a week earlier that it was a plastic gun is now secretly with sunglasses and a hat, tippy-toeing in the gun store buying a Glock. Yeah, everybody's team Glock now. And everybody now at Glock Nation. <laughs> but, but a lot of them are converts because uh, they were sellouts when, when the product first came out. So Pete's going to take us through the modification process, triggers, sights, uh, a little bit about everything that you can do and modify. Uh, talking to Pete uh, off, off the recorder, off the mic uh, a, a little while ago, he was telling me how people you know, do modifications of the trigger guard, and specifically those modifications to the trigger guard, the objective is to get your hand or your wrist up as far up the frame by the tang as possible so you have a better grip and glock their trigger guard system is very low so a lot of people want to modify that but uh, the unfortunate part as pete was telling me uh off off the mic which was that uh, people were doing it themselves and uh you know you you take a little bit too off the top (coughs) next thing you know there's no more trigger guard. There's just a trigger. So you got to go to a reputable yeah, guy, you know, somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, because uh, you got people that are, now you can get everything on YouTube, but I, I highly, you know, I'm against that. You know, take it to the professionals because you don't want to mess up your, you know, your your weapon. You know, this is your, your defense weapon for you, your family. So if you're looking out there to do your upgrades, and some of you are capable of doing it, but... Like, you know, me and Al said, stick to the professionals, guys, and it's going to be that much worth it because you're going to get back your your handgun and it's going to be in, you know, in better condition. It's exactly what you want instead of you trying to figure it out on yourself and then you're messing up your gun. Yeah, and we're going to be posting on our show notes only the reputable YouTubers that are gun aficionados that we recommend. They are a million to one people out there that will show you a gun, but they have absolutely no idea what they're doing. But we have a small little list of those that we can point to and say whatever they say is golden. So uh, we'll we'll link them to our show notes whenever we're talking or we want to give a a pictorial of what we're saying Uh, until we get, of course, our camera set, set up and we can do it ourselves. Not there just yet, but we're getting there. Yeah, I'm excited to hear Pete, you know, being a fellow jarhead, you know, got the Marine Corps birthday coming up. And the, the big the big rise that I'm noticing with uh, vet, uh, veterans, especially with the Marine Corps, because we're all gun nuts. Uh, a lot of Marine Corps veterans are coming are getting out, you know, after their respect, respective terms and they're all getting into, you know, running their own armories. And and I look at all these guys and, and I talk to them on a daily basis. And just like with Pete, you know, Pete's an older generation jarhead. But the fact is that, you know, they can. They, they might not realize it, but that's that's therapy right there, man. Like I see that, and that that's keeping these these warriors in the fight, out of trouble, out of you know letting these demons take over their mind and their thoughts and get depressed. Because when you're constantly engaged, you don't have you don't have time for these demons to take over. So these guys are fighting the good fight, and it's it's amazing to see their work. Yeah, and when you are part of those communities, they're very important too. Uh, you know, like Glock or Smith and Western. They've all got chat groups and stuff, maybe on Facebook. And why is it it's important? Because you learn. People are enthusiastic about their weapon, their brand, and uh, you might be new to the brand and you might have questions. 
and they're going to basically answer it with no problem at all, free of charge, because they're really into their brand. So it's always good to be part of that community. But I want to also throw in there, uh, Al, uh, how important it is for everybody to go out and vote, you know, this this elections, because, you know, you got these these candidates, whatever you want to call them, that want to take away our gun rights, which is it's, it's in the Constitution. They can try as many times as they want. But, you know, these are scary times to be an American, especially a Second Amendment American, you know. Yeah. And just go out there, guys, vote, because, you know, this is our future. And if you don't see it now, by the time you do, it's going to be too late. So go out there and vote. I was uh, speaking to my uh, very close friend of mine that I respect a lot. And we were actually texting back and forth. And he was uh, asking me about the elections and I was giving him my position. And he said, it seems like you're moving totally to the right. And I said, well, that happens by default setting uh, with me. Anybody that comes in with socialist and communist ideology and they want to take away my gun, it's off the table. I've got no rap for you at all. Don't. Yeah, because being a being a Cuban-American and a lot of Cuban-Americans, they've they seen this before. It's not a surprise. So when, when they see this, then they wonder, oh, why are you so to the right? Like, dude, because these, these people actually live through communism. They don't want to go through that crap again, especially when it's supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to be the free world country in the whole world, you know, the USA. But we're still dealing with third world country crap. I don't understand that. Yeah, well, you know, my dad tells me about the the sweetnesses of uh, socialism, how they'll say perfect things that your ear wants to hear. And before you know it, you're in the, the evil web and and uh, to enforce their rule, they turn into communists. And Cuba's still going through that over 60 years later. Horrible, horrible. Yep. And look at poor Venezuela. That tells you everything. So yeah, and they're still struggling. It's been it's been months now since that whole country's been in turmoil. So it's and then uh, you know, my family's from from Nicaragua and they're dealing with their own. So it's 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 right. it's definitely a movement that's getting across the world and it's very scary. Well, yeah, it's it's worldwide. It it is kind of locked into this globalism too. So there's a lot of rich, powerful people that are pushing this. You say, well, why are they pushing socialism? If, how do they benefit? Because they're going to be on the top of the bottom pole. That's why they're pushing it. So it's a, it's to subdue the little guy, but the big guy's going to probably stay big. You can look at our social media people, um, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and uh, Amazon, you know, the whole list and array of a bunch of them, and you see how they pull left. Well, the reason they pull left is because they're in partnership with the government, so they feel, well, whatever happens, we'll be fine. You know, forget the little guy yeah. is pretty much is what it is. So enough about the, poli the politics, because that puts a gloom on any listener's ears. Yeah, we're uh, ready for Pistol Pete. That's right, before <laughs> they hit the, the, the off button, because we're talking crap, we're going to bring on the one and only, the man, the maestro, Maestro himself, Pistol Pete. Let's do it.
Now, as always, here's Pistol Pete, and it's always a blessing for us to have him on Radio Cop Nation. Mr. Pistol Pete, welcome to the show. Why, thank you, and it's a pleasure for me to be here. It's always a pleasure of the audience. You know, we've this is the final part of our three-part series on training with weapons, and we've kind of very successfully brought the the novice, just got a gun, uh, how to shoot it, how to train upon it, how to clean it. We went through that, and we, we did it with uh, semi-automatic and revolver. Then we went to a little bit more advanced. You know, I'm, I'm shooting three, four, five hundred rounds down range. I feel real comfortable, have my weapon for a good six months or so. And uh, I've, we added a rifle and shotgun into the cleaning as well. Now, this show is a little bit more advanced. Um, I've got a lot more rounds uh, down range, and I want to start to get into tactical training. But I wish that my, you know, of course, my shooting or my grouping would was a little bit better. So we want to concentrate with the audience on, even though that their weapon is brand new out of the box, there are certain gunsmith modifications that they can do that will make them, of course, a better shooter. The first thing I, I, I want to look at, and of course it all depends, and you're, you're the master at this and you'll explain it to the audience, uh, how can I, is there a possibility that I could change my trigger on my semi-automatic to make me a better shooter? Absolutely. You can... Um Depends on the firearm itself. Different uh, firearms are, are made. Of course, they're designed differently. So you have basically the same parts on all of them, just the way that they interact sometimes is a little different. Um, but there's always something that can be done to improve the trigger. And a, a nice, smooth, crisp trigger is going to give you a lot better accuracy downrange. Um, some of them, for example, on a Glock, which is a very common firearm, there's not actually much that you can do to the uh, the parts themselves. You actually have to change the parts because the the interaction is actually just the geometry of the parts. So it's not like you can take a part and file it down and that's going to help you in reducing your trigger weight. It's actually changing the geometry of how the parts interact, and that's done at the manufacturer's level. But yes, some of them you can grind and stone. The gunsmith can, I don't recommend this for everybody. This is a rather high level. But if you have somebody that you can trust that uh, is a good, uh, reputable gunsmith, yes, the, uh, improving your trigger is a significant improvement to your, to, to your uh, marksmanship. And if you don't have a gunsmith that you can trust, we always recommend Pistol Pete. His information is always on our website, Pistol Pete. And you can go there and contact him, and he'll tell you how to get the weapon over to him and whatever modifications you would be interested in. Now, the the trigger, the, it's going to make me a better shooter because of the trigger reset, which is an outstanding uh, concept for making a better shooter. Now, I can do the same thing with my sights, correct? Actually, that would be my first modification that I would do to a brand new firearm. Usually, factory sights are sub subpar. 
unless you already ordered the firearm with a set of great sights. Uh, again, we'll go to the Glock, which is a very common firearm. The sights that come out of the box from, from Glock are adequate for very rough training, but <laughs> right. they're not anywhere near what you, can, what you can do and what you can get from aftermarket sights. Um, you can get uh, things like uh, fiber optic. You can get things like night, uh, night sights, which would be uh, a tritium insert inside of the sight, which actually just glows by itself. Um, the fact that they're steel, most of them, is just, just by that fact, it's an improvement over the actual plastic block sights that can tear on you, it can break. Uh, uh, that w- again, that would probably be my first option for a, a, a modification, and, and that's what I suggest to most people when they come to the shop. Get a good set of sights on the gun, and that's going to help you overall. Now, based on, uh, just to give the audience a little bit uh, analogy, better analogy, it's like looking out a dirty window, and now you've come and you've put Windex, cleaned it up, and you can say, <laughs> well, I could see a whole lot more. Is basically that's, that's what, what Pete is saying on, on a brand new site. It makes that target. That's a look, great analogy. It makes that target look a lot more crisp for you yeah. for you to attack it, and it's it's perfectly safe to the weapon. Correct. If you go ahead and modify it and change it, and, uh, it's not going to mess up anything on the gun. No, it's not. It, that's an external modification. Uh, most of the guns that are out there are on a dovetail. So it's a, it's a matter of it, they fit by pressure. And some of the site manufacturers even include like a, a little site pusher that's made out of aluminum where you won't harm the material. I don't recommend that you try to put them on with a steel punch because the site, the actual uh, uh, steel on, on the site is designed to be softer than the steel on the slide. That way, if anything messes up, it'll be the site, not the slide. But with the right tools, it is not a. It should not even be a mark on the gun once uh, the gunsmith does it. Yeah, we recommend to any of our listeners, uh, and we're going to be posting on our show notes some YouTube videos from those YouTuber uh, gun enthusiasts that we recommend. Not everybody on YouTube knows exactly what they're doing, but we'll we'll put one that you can kind of. Uh, understand better what what Pete is uh, talking about. Now, there's some other modifications I can do with my weapon that may be a little bit more advanced, and that are the internal components as well. Um, Yes, correct. Maybe the uh, the barrel or or springs and and so forth. Yes, you can get aftermarket barrels. Usually they're, they're, they're made a little bit to a tighter tolerance than the factory barrel. And they have a tighter chamber, but I don't recommend that as much for a defense gun. That would be more for like a fun gun to go take to the range. Correct. The tighter the tolerances, the more accurate the weapon is going to become, but it's also going to have a a tendency to, with chest fouling and the dirt and stuff, it it, it can jam up on you a little bit easier. It's it's like like a car, okay? You have a, a, a Toyota, which is dependable. It's going to take you everywhere every day. And then you have the Ferrari, which is for the weekend, so you can go really fast. There you go. That's a, that's a better analogy. One, analogy. 
there, there, there's no such thing as one gun fits everything. Right. There, there's no such animal. I wish there was, but there is no such animal. Right. And, and, and you make a great point that there are certain things, you know, the gun brand new out of the box works perfectly, folks. And uh, what we're recommending is to make you a more better and accurate shooter. But that also depends what Pete is saying. What type of shooter do you want to be? Are you into competition or just a sport of it? Or is this weapon for your personal defense? So depending who you define yourself to be as a gun activist or gun person, that depends the kind of modifications you should do on the weapon. Okay, I don't recommend that for your defense carry. That would be uh, absolutely crazy. You want, uh, for a defense gun, you want a nice smooth trigger, but yet you want it to be heavy so that you know that you're pulling on it. Yeah. You don't want it to accidentally discharge because you're trying to jerk it out of your uh, out of the holster because you're in a bad situation. Correct. So the modifications are according to what the gun's purpose is. For example, we were discussing sights earlier. You can get the, the thinner the front sight post is, the more accurate you can make the adjustments on your target. But the thinner the front sight post is, the harder it is to pick up. Right. So for a, a defense gun, you want a pretty thick, very bold colored front sight so that as you're bringing it up on target, you can pick it up quickly. A very thin one is going to give you a little bit more accuracy for the, you know, for the shot. But, you know, a human body is about 13 inches across. You don't need to have one-inch groups in order to defend yourself. Right. But you might want one-inch groups if you're in competition. Correct. But again, we go to the Ferrari analogy. Yeah, no, and, and that's a perfect analogy. You're going to take that weapon out just for special occasions. And, and in a threat situation, the target or the actual sights are going to be bigger than life in a real situation. <laughs> so, yes. And they're going to be bigger than life because that your, 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 your life depends on it. Now, there are some other modifications that people can do, and this is where Pistol Pete, is, he does artwork. And I recommend <laughs> everybody... You. I recommend everybody that's listening to go to his website and see exactly how he could take your weapon and, and modify it based on uh, color or painting it or making it a certain style based on what you like. And now the weapon becomes a little bit more personal to you. That might make you a better shooter because you feel more pride in your weapon. You know, maybe your favorite color is blue and you want to paint it blue or or you're a female and you want to paint it pink. I saw, Pete, you have a, for Breast Cancer Awareness uh, month of October, you have a pink gun on there as as you... Yeah, I just put one out, I put a pink one out today, uh, yesterday or the day before. And one of the, I put a picture out on Facebook of a gun that I did some stippling on. That is an excellent modification. Because yeah. it gives you a much more tactile grip on your firearm. It, it, it grabs you. It helps to, 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 for you to hold the gun. Most guns now that we're shooting are plastic. They offer very little in, in a way of having a good, solid grip. 
Right. If your hands are sweaty and, you know, if you're in a bad situation, they're going to be sweaty. But if your hands are sweaty or, you know, having that aggressive grip on there is going to help you in, in not letting go of the firearm. So that's a, another good modification to think about. Yeah, absolutely. The grip is very important in, in making yourself a better shooter. And Pistol Pete has brought up an excellent point, and that is what we've been talking about all during this podcast, which is the polymer, you know, the 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 plasticness of, of that frame. Uh, your hand is going to slip, and there's modifications that can be done to that frame as well to make that grip a little tighter. Yes. Now... And it's not it's not over complex uh, procedure. I mean, if you, if you feel confident and you're you're kind of uh, it's something that you can do yourself. Yeah, I mean, we always recommend uh, a, a prudent gunsmith, like 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 pistol. I agree. Pete. I'm not I'm not trying to put myself out of business, but <laughs> you know, it's something that if you if you're a do it yourselfer, it's something that can be done yeah, by yourself because it's an external modification. Yeah, you see people out there with the tape and all that, and then several right. weeks later, the tape is hanging on one side. But yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you want to go to a professional and get it done right. You don't have to worry about it. Once that well, weapon if, is if done you're looking right, for aesthetic, yes. it's your personal weapon. You know, it's just right. like your car that we brought up that analogy, or your home. You want it to your liking, so you network right. with that gunsmith, and hopefully, it's Pistol Pete. And tell him what you want. He kind of gives you a little take on what he can do with it. And, and you start loving your weapon. And that's when you love your weapon, you're a better shooter. There's no way around it. Absolutely. Well, my friend. I had a customer. Yeah. One, one, one thing. I had a customer bring me in a, a firearm that he did and he wanted to paint it. And he did, had done the stippling. This was the ugliest stippling I've ever seen. But he was proud of his stippling. And it did what it was supposed to do. It improved his actual grip. So, you know, it, it is what it is. I got to ask you, did you tell him it was the ugliest stippling? I told ever? him, I'm frank, you know. No, I know I'm you frank. are. I told him, this is ugly. I told him, this is ugly. You want me to try to fix it? He goes, no, I did it. I go, okay. <laughs> I took pride in his work, even though it was a disaster. <laughs> It, it was what it was, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, again, I, I've seen I've seen some pretty bad jobs. I really have. And uh, they like it. You know, there's, you know, I yep, don't know how exactly. they learn to do it, but they, they love, it supposedly the, works for those them. Are the, those are the people that had their pictures, they, their mom would put their pictures up on the refrigerator. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love Pistol Pete. He always keeps it real. <laughs> He keeps it real, so we. But it, it's okay to try. I it mean, is. I, I don't recommend you trying any internal modifications on a firearm unless you know how the firearm works. But external ones, if you want to try it, go for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, kind of enjoy your firearm. It's your toy. Yeah, and you want to look over your manufacturer's guides to do and don'ts. Oh yes. Before Please. you get a little crazy, you know, wanting to and, cook and like, your gun. And like we. And like we discussed the last time, make sure the ammo is in another room. Yeah, far away. <laughs> yes. They don't mix well. <laughs> no. <laughs> they don't mix well during the recreation. Not at all. During the recreation stage. You know, you've given, yes, sir. We've given our listeners a lot of um, uh, 
knowledge as far as what they can and cannot do, and that um, with their weapon, which is going to help them tremendously in the overall upkeep of their personal weapon. As always, Pete, it is a pleasure to have you on Raider Cop Nation. You are a tremendous benefit and blessing to all our listeners, and we thank you for being here. My brother, God bless you. God bless you, Bob. Just like that, Pistol Pete went back to work. We're always blessed to have him on the show. Well, that concludes um, episode 57, The Plastic Gun. As a reminder, 58, human trafficking will be with the cop. He will talk to us about the human tragedy, the trafficking, the human trafficking exists in today's society, modern-day slavery. And then we will wrap up the month of October, October 31st, with gangs. And the superhero co-guest for that will be also the cop. Folks, it's been my honor, my pleasure to be your host on Raider Cop Nation. As a reminder, you can always reach out to us on RaiderCopNation.com. And we encourage you to listen to Test Everything, small little podcast, no more than five minutes that will uplift you and regenerate you spiritually as well. There, you can find that on the website as well. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless the agency that serves you. And may the Lord continue to bless the United States of America. Alpha Mike, signing out. Through the night with a light from above From the mountains To the prairies, to the oceans, white with foam, God bless America, my home.